Hi everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Not coming to you in very happy times, unfortunately. We've just lost at home for the second game in a row in the league. Um, so much for that very long winning run. Um, after a couple of games where we showed a bit of promise, a bit of, bit of fight, we thought we were back on the rails again. We're not. Uh, so to, to give a post-mortem on this latest debacle, um, first up we have Andy Bell in Liverpool, I believe. Andy, how are we? Yeah, not bad. Obviously, the game was dreadful there, but we've just kind of talked for an hour in the pre-pod. Now, I think I've forgotten everything that's happened, so we'll see how that progresses. <laughs> well, we <laughs> managed to talk for an hour, an hour about non-football stuff, which is completely yeah. rare for this podcast. Which is, which is so tempting, really, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, I was really annoyed. And then, as I was saying to you guys, that chipped pass from Divokarigi in the 80th minute is the funniest thing I've seen on a football pitch. It was so unbelievably bad that I had to laugh, and that cheered me up. So uh, thanks, Divock. I needed that. I'm glad you could find humour in it, personally. <laughs> I find very little humour at all in that. Next up, uh, again in Liverpool. My God, I'm, out, I'm outnumbered tonight. Uh, Jay Reid, Jay, suitably depressed. Oh. League gone. League, League, League. gone. It probably is gone, let's be yeah. honest. Uh, but... You know, how many times have you got to watch this ship story play out over and over and over again? Yeah, I'm sorry, but it it is about time we started looking at asking serious questions of people and not just the players, it's the manager as well. Uh, I'm sorry, but it, it is about time we got called out for lining up with this shit show that we've seen over and over again, and he does nothing about it, so... Yeah, it could be an ugly pod, but, you know, someone's got to do it, and those three brave souls have turned up to do that. Uh, indeed. Well, here, I'll start with Andy, um, because I think you and I, Jay, are, are, gonna, are going down the same rabbit hole here. And, and Andy tends to be a little bit more balanced, so I'll start with him. Andy, you know, look, we watched Plan A unfold yet again, as we've watched Plan A nosedive time after time after time and I think what Jay's alluding to there and certainly what I'd be alluding to is the the, the fact of, of, of no plan B or even a visible plan B um, and you know Klopp does need to you know not suggest for one second get rid of him or anything like that but but he, he needs to shoulder this one and, and maybe we, we need to be thinking you know a different way and, 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 and that really a team of our calibre should have a plan B by this stage, we've become so accustomed to teams arriving with the park bus. We seem devoid of ideas to break that bus any longer. Um, it is time for a plan B. Yeah, it's so frustrating because it seemed like for two or three years there, we were, we were the best in the league at breaking down the, the proverbial parked bus. We were, you know, teams were coming down. I think, you know, it's, it is a lot to do with the, having the guys at the back like Van Dijk and Gomez because, you know, there's no way out for teams and that, that plays a, a massive part in terms of breaking teams down as well. And, uh, um, in terms of a plan B, it's it's difficult because do I think if we had you know a six foot six striker to throw on there, I don't think that would have made a difference. To be honest, Brighton are a, a, they play some decent football, but they have a really tall team as uh, McManaman couldn't stop referring to. There, all there night. was nothing. There was nothing on the bench to bring on that really I saw was capable of changing a game. 
Yeah, and, and in reality, you know, that's that has been the case for quite a long time. You know, even when we were getting 99 points, even when we were winning leagues and Champions Leagues, you know, we were always saying the drop-off from the front three to the likes of Origi, to the likes of Shakiri, uh, even the way Minamino's been playing um, in the last year or so for us. Like, we, we knew that... Uh, we knew that that was a problem and the injuries have kind of just uh, exacerbated that. And thank goodness we actually uh, identified that as a problem in the summer and got Jota in and got Thiago because, you know, right now it, it could be looking a lot worse and we, we could be looking at, uh, we could have been looking at uh, not getting in the Champions League next season. It's still a possibility as well. And like uh, Jay said about the manager there and yeah, I did find the, the lineup quite baffling tonight, actually. I don't really know. Why Shakiri started on the left? Um, like, what are we expecting him to run down the wing and whip across in, get to the byline? Like, it's it was a bizarre one to me. I know he comes out to the right in the second there half. There was nobody else, Andy. There was nobody else. Well, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I know it's a mad one, but like, even I think Origi would have potentially been a better option if you have to play somebody on the left there. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about it, but you know, Minamino as well, you know, is not that he's ever going to get a game under Jurgen Klopp again, but uh, from from my perspective, is probably a better option in that position than Shakiri. I don't particularly like Shakiri in the front three anyway. Uh, I think if we play him, he has to be kind of in behind the front three where he can make things happen and uses, uh, you know, tight, close, um, you know, close control and incisiveness and thread those balls through. Whereas out, out wide and especially in the left, it just seemed uh, so counterintuitive to everything we've seen from from Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool over the years and. Uh, the midfield looked leggy. I mentioned this in the last podcast as well. I don't think Milner can can do this many games in a row. It's sports science seems to be applied he, to he every kind, player. He kind of felt for him over. there tonight. He 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 was struggling. Yeah, and was, and he gave everything like he always does. As, as you say, he gives one hundred and ten percent. But uh, your know, first half he, he did okay, and second half I barely saw him at all before he was substituted. And or, no, sorry, he didn't even get substituted in the end. He plays in ninety minutes, and it's a bizarre one to me because you know. It, it, this seems to happen all the time when Milner he comes in he plays well for a few games while he's fresh while he's got energy in his legs and we play him well it, it must be four or five six times in a that's row now four in the, that's four in the bounce yeah um yeah and you know when you do that with James Milner 35 years old I don't care how little he drinks or how, how little body fat percentage he has 35 year old's legs it's, you know it's he's not gonna have the same impact in the fifth game in a row as he did in the first and you know i, I wanted him for the weekend uh, against man city because i think with him in the midfield the midfield's looked as as good as it's looked really um over the last couple of months when he's been in there but uh you know when, you, when you've got somebody like curtis jones who came on and made the difference at the weekend i was sure he would get a start tonight um but it wasn't to be. And yeah, I'm sure there are reasons for it. Um, Jurgen Klopp knows more about football than me, but I couldn't really understand the team selection tonight when I saw it. Um, and I was kind of proven right over the course of the game. No, indeed. And, and you know, Jay, like, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm winding it forward to the R mark. The subs that were made, you know, a big div coming on there. And, and who else came on? Remind me, because I forget. Uh, Ox. Ox, yeah, that's, that's it. And, and, you know, like, Ox, bang out of form, hasn't looked near it this season. And you're sending on Big Div and Ox to save you at 1-0 down. It, it was, it, to me, Jay, it almost felt like just waved a fucking white flag at them. He was defeatist. Um, but then, you know, I don't know why Casey Jones didn't start. And as, as Andy said, like, Milner is useful in games when he's fresh. He can't be fresh. He's played 
he's had four or five starts in a row now and he's done 90 minutes in three of them, I think it is. Um, he come off on Sunday because I think it was his hamstring or something. He was feeling a bit of a tightness or whatever. And then Curtis come on and change the game. So why why not start Curtis? You know what? You knew what Brighton were going to come with. It was blatantly obvious that the the prototype is there. Come to Anfield, set up as many men as you can behind the ball, leave one up front to entertain whoever's at centre half, and just try and get men forward when you get the chance. Set pieces or whatever. Take your opportunity. Get a goal. Liverpool probably won't break you down this season. It's been there. We've seen it. And you know, Curtis come on on Sunday and got the ball and was driving and committing players tonight. I don't know how many times we actually committed their defenders, maybe once or twice. Salah was was done a good job. Like he he was marked out the game pretty much. Um, but when you ha- when you don't have a manny, like yeah, really and truly, the job of marking the, him out of the game is easy. Yeah, and the, but there was nothing else like you know. Shaq isn't really going to go past the player. Bobby, you know, he's great one Bobby's game, play, but then he's, you know, but he's Bobby's average play, at best for five. Bobby's forced to play in an area of the pitch that you don't get the best out. I don't, you know, I, I understand the criticisms of Firmino, I do, but I think it's quite harsh because his best work, the area that he does his his magic in, is now so congested. It's just a mass of bodies. You know, yeah. he, you're facing four or five. You know, there's three or four on Mo. Every time Firmino gets the ball in a meaningful area, he's swamped as well. And, and you know, the fact that we don't have Manny then is, is, it allows that happening so much easier. But that that then is because of the midfield. Do you know Milner and Thiago definitely aren't going to run past you because they haven't got the pace to? And Ginny is doing the holding job, or you know the the recycling job as it probably was tonight because that's all he seemed to be doing was just recycling the ball. Um, but you know it's easy, it's easy to play against us if you're doing that. At least Curtis will come on and he wants to win a game and commits players and when Ox come on before him I think he was a shot to the bench I don't know if you've seen it and he looked human and rightly so because you know he come on and changed the game at the weekend and he'd been overlooked tonight I think he got 12 minutes or something tonight and he, you know he, he's not going to he's not going to do it in that time um, so I think that was a, a a notable thing from the start that Milner and Thiago started and Curtis never I think Potter and the Brighton lads will probably rub them down. See, I think I'm right. Well, we'll stick our five blocks along the back line. Yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't it? That uh, and just try and break us down because we can't. It's a bit yeah. mad that he stuck with uh, with Curtis Jones. He persisted with him when when Jones was kind of frustrating us and and was growing into the role. And now that Jones is when he's has it when he's had his chance and uh, and when he came on, as you said, at the weekend when he's actually making an impact, he's he's not been able to get a run of games. It, it just it's completely counterintuitive it's to odd. me. It's odd and like it's Minamino. <laughs> some, yeah. Someone someone needs to ask these questions because you know. Klopp isn't immune from criticism or he's done great things but at the end of the day when, when things aren't going right you need to be called out for them but he probably won't um, but you know that's all we can do as fans and come on podcasts like this and probably have a rant and a moan to each other and I'm sure we're not the only one asking the questions to each other but I just thought that the lineup tonight was a bit defeatist I think it was 
blatantly obvious what we were going to do. And then just as the game progressed, I, I said on Sunday, we had eight crosses on Sunday and look how well we played, especially in the second half tonight. I don't even know what the stat was, but I'm going to say we were up there with about 30 crosses attempted into the box. And I reckon about two of them probably landed at our players because you're playing against four or five towers at the back and you've got Bobby, maybe if he's in the box, if he's not linked up play further down the field, and maybe Mo or Robbo coming in on the back post, if it's Trent swinging it in. But we've seen this against Burnley, we've seen it against West Brom, we've seen it against Newcastle. We've seen it a little bit against Southampton. You're throwing balls into the box and you've not got players to win them balls. So it's meat and drink to these lads and they must be thinking, is this how easy it is? And then all you're doing is setting the the same plan up for the next team to come to our field. All right, it's Man City, so they probably won't do that. But, you know, we've got the likes of Fulham to come to our field later on in the season. Newcastle to come to our field. You know, they're just going to do exactly haven't what scored, have done. We haven't scored at Anfield in over five hours of football. It, it, and it's not even... It's not even... A, I don't even what. It's not a surprise, because you know exactly how... Right, when the first 10 minutes of the game, I think I don't know who was in the group said, you can tell after the first 10 minutes of the game what this game is going to be like, and you just can't. And it was, it well, was again, if it Sal- was very nice. If Salah Berry said, I think different games, I think it's it a goes different game. And I think but, someone said on maybe Dave on the Tottenham game, you're nice, and it was, you know, we looked up for it, all right, Manny missed a chance, but we looked up for it. And Tonight, all right, Mo missed a chance, but then that was it. We just didn't look up for it. And you just know how it's going to go. And it, it's just annoying because we've seen it so many times over and over and over again. And that's why we get so pissed off by it. And I know we've got injuries and I know we're missing key players. Yeah, g- give us your stats that you gave us pre-pod, Jay, because they are quite sort of, they, they, they stop you in your tracks a little bit. Yeah, well, I robbed them off Cybrundish on Twitter, who probably a lot of people do follow. He's he's a good follow for, for stats and stuff like that. Um, but we're currently missing players of 78 games through injury, which is... Uh, sorry, in the top eight, we've got 78 games missed by players through injury than other teams compared to us in the top eight. So... I don't know don't know who the next team down is, but we've got 78 more injuries per ge- over the games missed from them. So that then leaves us to the points this season, which we're on 40 as it stands, 22 games gone. We're only on target for 69 points, where obviously we won the league last year with 99, and that was taking our foot off the pedal as well at the end. Um, and we spoke before the pod that 69 points is probably borderline Champions League top four. Given the season that we're in, given how many anomalies there is, away wins and teams beating teams that wouldn't normally beat teams, I don't even know if 69 will be enough. It might be, it might not be. But, you know, you've only got to look at our fixtures ahead of us. And personally, I think we'll go on and win. I would not be surprised if we go on and win our next three league games, which is City, Leicester and Everton. And then we play Sheffield United, I think it is, after that, away. Would not be surprised if we drop points in that. Because that's just the way we are. We've Every big game this season, we've we've rose to the challenge. 
barring Man United at home, where we looked a little bit flat. But then United coming back to us. Every other game we've rose to the challenge, Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal, Everton. I know we didn't get the win, but we played really well. Tottenham, even City away, we, we were the best team for 60 minutes. And then it's the shite in the league that we just can't do it. And unfortunately, this league's got more shite than good. And if you can't beat them, then you don't deserve to win it. No, absolutely. Absolutely, you're right. And, and you know, you can look at United, who haven't taken, I don't think they've, they've beaten any of the top six teams or the top six rivals, but they're, they're they beating... They go and get points. They just yeah, go it's, and get it's, points. It's uh, Simon Brundage you're talking about. He used to have a saying, um, you know, beat the dross and win the league. Um, it's yeah, not about yeah, beating your, your top six rivals, it's about beating the dross, and, and we're not doing that. We're not even close to doing that. And they, but you United are going and just taking the points, and that'll get them to four. Unfortunately, yep. it will. Andy, you know, we're talking here, and Jay's... And I think rightly, you know, um, not so much having a pub at club, but certainly throwing a, a question in that direction. And, you, you know, I think after this tonight, you know, we were we were buoyant after the weekend. You know, we've got a couple of wins on the board. And, and you know, a, a fortnight was a very long time in, that, in, in, that, in football terms that way. But you just can't help but feel that, that it slipped here and that our challenge now is more about top four than it is about anything else. Yeah, I think the um, the narrative I wanted to to go along with uh, was that the last kind of four to six weeks were an anomaly in the grand scheme of things for this Liverpool team. But uh, I think maybe what the what the real story is is that this last week has been an anomaly of the last six or seven. Um, Tonight, you know, it was it was it was back to normal, and uh, you know, Jay says there about about beating the the dross, and uh, you know, the the term flat track bully gets gets uh, thrown about quite a bit as a as an insult, as a as a as a way of saying you know a small time or a small game player or whatever. It's it's thrown about a lot with Kevin De Bruyne, and there's an element of truth to it, but. The reality is, in, in league terms, is flat track bullies get you points if you can consistently beat those bottom teams. You know, almost invariably, uh, the team at the top who who beats the dross the most is the team that uh, is the team that is the team that wins the league. And you know, for the for the peak Mo Salah years, uh, Mo Salah couldn't score a goal away from home against the top six, but still broke records, still hit you know forty four goals in a season for us, won us trophies by doing what he did against the bottom sides and. You know, it's 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 a kind of a facetious point to make, but you get three points against West Brom, it's the exact same three points as you get beating Man City. Um, you know, you don't you don't get any more points by winning by either winning six nil or by winning one nil or beating. But City the or the, perce- the perception against a Man City though, Andy, is always oh, a six pointer. This is a six pointer. It, it's yeah. it's that's it's framed in a different way. But in reality, you know, Dave, that's that's it's a six pointer if you're in a title race with them because you're picking up three points and they're dropping three points. But um, you know, I'm looking at it right now, and I don't think we are going to challenge Man City this season, even if we do win at the weekend. I just don't see where a run of games is coming from this Liverpool side. So if you're talking well, about well, here's, top here's four, a question, Andy, right? Because City are pretty much grinding it out. Um, they're mm-hmm. playing some lovely football at times. They're grinding all the results out. Um, but they, 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 they kind of remind me a bit of us last season. Maybe not. not. No, but possibly. The, the point is, you know, everybody's going, oh, this is an anomaly of a season. You know, COVID's hit us and uh, it's all this and that and the other. Now, COVID has probably the least effect on Man City because their fucking stadium's like a library anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a minimal impact on them. But 
if you if you take in mind at this moment in time what City are doing, is it really that strange a league, or is it just down to their depth? Yeah, I think there's it's a bit of both as well. Like everything else, everything that kind of COVID has taken away is a leveler in many ways. You know, going to for example, turf moor, cold, wet, windy, Tuesday night, all the cliches and fans behind you. You know, I think uh, I think you look at Man City's squad, um, and if you're being completely impartial, you say it is it is the best squad in the league, it's the best team in the league, it has the best depth in the league. And when you take all external factors out, the pressure of coming to Anfield and you know losing a game and that has a knock-on effect, etc. If if you just like right now, it, it you're not seeing that many shocks really. Uh, I don't saying that after Brighton have beat us tonight, but. Uh, you're not seeing, you know, Man City. You're, I'm watching Man City, and I'm I'm not expecting them to drop points anymore. I barely even watched that game tonight because I just knew that uh, that Burnley were over for them. I don't think Pep Guardiola will be too happy about coming downfield at the weekend off the back of our last two results at Anfield. I, I would probably say he's he has a red light flashing at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, I've been saying for seven weeks, Dave, you know, we, we can't put another stinker of a performance in. You know, we, we, we started saying this after the uh, after the Newcastle Seven weeks Christmas. old, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I mean, you were on the same podcast after that Newcastle game, the nil-nil, uh, just before, I think it was the last game of 2020. And we were saying, you know, Southampton, we, we'd just drawn with West Brom, we'd just drawn with Newcastle. And we were saying, you know, oh, we'll beat Southampton. We never threw in three stinkers in a row. And it feels like bar a week, we've thrown in eight or nine stinkers in a row. Um, which, you know, so I'm, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like normally I would say, yeah, I wouldn't fancy being Man City this weekend, but I, I don't, I just don't really know what to think of it really anymore. And, you know, it's yeah, it has taken Pep Guardiola five years and however many hundred millions of pounds to fix the defence, but ultimately he has done it and they're looking like a real force this season and tactically they they look, you know, really astute. Um, teams just can't get better out than they have been in in the last three. I would say tactically tactically astute. Yeah, and you know they're bringing the ball out with a three at the back, and you know they they do this thing where they string twenty five passes together, and even if they lose it, they're in such good shape that it's so hard to break. And listen, you know we'll see. We we've caused them so many problems before, and Mo Salah will be relishing it this weekend. But I don't know. Um, with with Man City, I think it's seven points now, um, and they've a game in hand. Uh, and listen, think back to uh to eighteen nineteen, where we went to the Etihad, could have gone ten points ahead. And they beat us, and they kind of reeled us in that year, and that that win for them gave them the momentum for the rest of the season. So, you know, there is a chance that that could happen. It's I'm not saying like my my argument that the league title is pretty much gone. It's not a mathematical one. It's looking at this squad and thinking it can't put together a win of ten games like the the squad of the last two years has done, and that's no fault of their own. That's just the, like as we said, you pre-pod. We'll look back on this team in in ten in ten years time. We'll think, how on earth did they did they do so well with uh, with the injuries and all the adversity that season? Uh, but because we're in the middle of it, we can't really see it that way, which is which is just normal for supporters. But um, yeah, I don't know. As for tonight, it's 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 happened all too often, really. Um, we thought the Villa seven two was an anomaly. We keep you know these things can't be anomalies if they keep on happening. Ultimately, um, and. I think we do have the quality there to finish top four still, um, but I just don't think we really have the quality to put any sort of a run together uh, that will threaten City, and I think they'll probably end up winning it by a similar margin uh, to what we won last year. Sadly, I can't 
find any form of argument against that. I, I really, and, 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 and believe me, I'm searching for an argument against it. But I, I just see it as cities to, to lose really, really, really now. And, and even we beat them. Even we beat them, I still think it's on for them, Jay. Um, which brings us nicely. You know, let's leave that debacle where it is because we do have a big one coming up now on Sunday, and it is City, and uh, and we need to regroup. And and we know that this group of players can do that. We know this group of players have a big game in them. We saw it in the last couple of weeks. They've been playing beautiful football and then boom, stumble again. Uh, and one thing for sure, City will be parking no bus. So. You, you kind of wonder, is this a game where, where, where Thiago sort of... Because, uh, like, they were, they were questioning Thiago. Um, is, is he right for Liverpool? And, and you know, we've seen this a, a number of times. And, and, you know, is he the problem? I really don't think that he is. But I don't think he's no. the best player in the world suited to playing against that, that double block, if you will. No, but then... I don't think was was set up right for him to do that. Um I think if we play the four two three one and sat him in the middle with Fabinho, um, then he had four players in front of him all moving. Then you'll probably see the best of him. Um, you know, he that's how he pretty much played at Munich. He had Goretzka next to him or Kimmich, and then he'd have the likes of Gnabry, Lewandowski, uh, Muller. And I can't think of the other winger off the top of my head. It'll come to me eventually. Um, but you know, he had, he had three or four players always moving in front of him. Like tonight, the only moving part really was probably Firmino coming deep and maybe Salah, but he's on the other side of the pitch. Too. You got no Mane on the left hand side, which is the side he's playing from. Um, and you know, we just haven't got our best players in the best positions, and it's. Yeah, it's an excuse, but you know, it's the cards we've been dealt, so we've just got to get on with it. Um, and no slight on Wijnaldum, been brilliant all season for us. James Milner being a great servant, but they're just not the midfield that he's been playing with. Um, Wijnaldum further forward or on the other side, possibly, but for me, Fabinho not in that sixth position, we've lost so much. Um, because he is the best player in that position in the world. Jay, here, here's a question for you. You know, we, we've watched Klopp at uh, times and we've been hit with injuries and they've, they've maybe one or two weeks a player's been out. And we've always, we've been, like over the last few seasons, we've been really, really lucky. It's something I've highlighted in this pod several times that we, we've got away with one really, especially with the front three, playing so many games together and, and, and the, the continuity of that. And, you, you know, look... We can get away for a couple of games, you know, like the Barcelona game where we throw in Big Div and Shaq and we yeah, get away yeah. with one because we're on that crest of that wave, that forward momentum and so on. But long term, you know, we, we managed White Van Dyke for a little while. We looked OK, but now it's we really need him. And, and it's and it's the long term injuries now that, that are caused. You know, we, we could put a, a sticking plaster over here and there, but we can't get away with it for this amount of time. I think that plays into it. You can't keep putting plasters on leaks because it doesn't solve them. Um, and yeah, we we are missing players, and I think another stat I've just seen tonight is that's our sixth game of the season where we've been missing eight players or more. Um, and when you think of them eight players, 
probably about six of them are first team starters. The likes of Alisson, Gomez, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Mane. Well, I, I don't, I don't like, think Alisson's absence tonight was a no, real no, big, it, it, a no, big no issue. Difference, but it's because the, the he's, fact not, that the he's not saving that. You know what I mean? No, and no. Kelliger did quite well, to be fair. There, there's no, no knocking on Kelleher tonight. And I was more than happy to see him in goal than Adrian. Not that Adrian would have done anything about the goal because nobody could. But it's the I, I'm surprised we haven't seen that Adrian in defence. The way things and have the, been I'm, going. I'm quite happy just to leave him on the bench. I don't even want to see him on the bench. But, you know, so be it. Um, we're going off track here. But, yeah, getting, getting back to City, it's a big game. We'll raise our game. Unfortunately, the fans aren't there and I've banged on every time I'm coming on. That is why we're suffering. We have not got the fans. And if we had the fans in there tonight, it's a different result. If we had the fans in there against Burnley, West Brom, different results. We score goals. It We are the most affected team by not having the fans in the league and that could not be more obvious than what it's been since what March when we didn't have fans in we have been awful in pretty much 85% of our performances without having fans home and away um, so I'm sure when you said Pep probably isn't looking forward to it he probably actually is because they hate coming to Anfield especially when the fans and the bus gets rattled and as soon as they go out on the pitch that the, the fire is in the stadium burning at the back of the necks and He's screaming twice up the sideline and he's not getting laughed at for it. He's probably looking forward to it. But it's a big game and we do raise our our, our spirits when we do get up for it. And the one thing that'd be nice is if we get a couple of players back, one being Manny, because it's all gone quiet and that worries me that he went out with a minor injury and as Andy said before we started recording, I know Manny and Matip have made a different stuff, but a minor injury for us is anything from five to six days, as we've seen with Henderson missing, I think it was the Spurs game, was it? Or the game before? And he was back in. And then, you know, Matip's got a minor knock on his ankle and then all of a sudden he's out for the season. I know it's the massive factor that he's made a crisp, but, you know, we just don't know what's going on. And I don't think anything got answered in the press conference about it. We got fed all the pictures of Jota back in training today and as you say, was that just to blow smoke up your ass? because, you know, we'll have a look at the shiny new toy or the shiny thing that's back in action with, with Jota like we did on Transfer Deadline Day. We'll look at the shiny new two new toys we've got in, at centre-half. Oh, by the way, Matip's out for the rest of the season. Are we expecting news in the next 24, 48 hours that Manny's out for, for longer than it is or was the bad news the fact that Alisson was not playing tonight, so we thought, well, we'll, you know, we'll put all these nice pictures of Jota out and well, that Naby was down carrying illness, a few balls. Illness, yeah, Jay, which throws us into the COVID regions, which they don't really announce either. So uh, I'll be curious to see what happens Sunday with that one. We've had, and we'll probably take it as gospel that James Pierce has come out and said it's not COVID. He Is said this Alisson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, Klopp, with, Klopp with said Manny, that before the game in his interview as well. He said it's an illness, but it's not COVID. With Manny, it could be, but I think... Manny's already had it, and within the last three months as well. I think all the rumours going round was something to do with a toe injury. I don't know. I'm only going off rumours. But, you know, again, this is something I want to raise with you as well. 
is this not doing us more harm than good? The fact that we're getting leaks constantly on Twitter on 100%, the day. Hundred percent. Right? Remember, you know, um, do you remember that like the whole bib theory thing under Rogers, where people were able to like look over the fence and you basically knew what the team was based on the color of bibs they were wearing yeah. uh, in training. Uh, and they put up, uh, I mean, I've I've never been down to Melbourne or, or Kerry myself, but they put up that curtain and all of a sudden leaks. What you know, there were no leaks, and uh, you you used to, you used to be able to follow four or five accounts. Um, you know, uh, on Twitter, and you, you'd know the team the day before, and it would almost invariably be right. Uh, and it seems, I mean, I don't follow any of these accounts these days, to be honest, but it seems that it's the same thing. And how on earth that, how on earth that's happening at a, a club of our size, and especially the, you know, the way we've been over the last few years, is baffling to me. I think my is the new training ground more price. accessible. Is Kirby more accessible to the public, view wise? Oh. I mean, rather than access. I would imagine no. Personally, I've not been, it's, and I wouldn't. You, I wouldn't advise people to go to Kirby as well. <laughs> it's not a nice place, but. I would imagine it's not, but I think like Mike's put it a few times in the last few weeks, and I agree who the team is. Yeah, and it's been near on spot. I think the only one he got wrong tonight. I think he had Simicast down as left back, which wouldn't have been a surprise. But you know, we we all knew about Allison. Well, one o'clock, half one this afternoon, I got the news and yeah. passed it on, and you know that that's coming from somewhere within the club and. It's not the fault of the people on Twitter who are putting it out there, They're like well, the the accounts that are putting it out, but it's coming from somewhere in the club, and that's not right. And you also I, I have I fucking think... drones and shit like that running around now, all this modern technology. Like, fucking hell, I have drones above my house every bloody day. You don't know what. Who's I watching you? Like... I don't think it is necessarily people are spy, spying on Kirby. I think they're, you know, for for a, an institution of our size, there's easily ways around that. You know, you can you can cut that off pretty easily in a day. Uh, if you needed to do so. And, you know, when Gomez went away with England and got injured, everyone kind of knew about it a week before it was kind of announced by the club. So it is something, it's some, it's a leak coming from the club. We can say with a certain degree of confidence, you know, um, and it's been happening, you know, it's actually been happening for like the, the last year or so because, um, you know, I know Jay plays, uh, Jay's very into his fantasy football as well as me. And, you know, you kind of, you know, these people are always trying to source the team out the day before so they can make their transfers accordingly. And with Liverpool, there, you know, there always has been, and in the last year or two, there has been things, Anfield Express or something like that, seems to always have the team right a day or two before. And I just don't really know how that's happening. I don't really know how it's, it's not been sorted out yet. Um, because t- other teams will be onto that. Like, they're not soft. People have people out there on Twitter and the internet and will know what accounts are putting out the right team, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it is, it's like in the rugby pretty much when they announce the teams 24, 48 hours before it's, it's a bit like that for us. Now teams know what our team's going to be based on these leaks. And, um, yeah, uh, it's a bit of a strange one. I don't know if there's a rat knocking around, but, uh, to be, to be fair, Andy, as well, like over the past sort of 24 months, our our team kind of picked itself. There was no real. We used to play the midfield game in this pod, like which midfield would change because we knew the back four, we knew the front three, and there was you know a bit of interchange. Uh, but but this is, I think, the difference is we're we're back to seismic changes each game. You know, it's not there's no continuity at all this season. I think. Yeah, well, that's it. And I think for the weekend, ideally, you'd like to freshen things up, but you're limited in, in to what extent you can do that. Personally. Just bring it back round. I would, uh, I would actually throw one of the centre halves in, preferably Quebec, 
because I think against Man City, especially the fact that Thiago Wijnaldum and uh, and and um, um, Milner, Milner, sorry, yeah, the fact that those three seem to have played for them for forever now, and you know against the Man City side with their midfield, and you know they absolutely pack the numbers into the midfield. You know they've already got so many good midfielders like Gundogan who's really stepped up. Uh, Rodrigo and and Cancelo comes in there to make that like just to give them extra numerical advantage in midfield. And if we're not fresh going into that game in midfield, then we could find ourselves being overrun, especially with no fans at Anfield to to kind of keep us keep us honest and and not allow that to happen. So that, that's a worry for me. I'd definitely throw Jones in, uh, and I'd want to get either Fabinho or Henderson back in midfield. Uh, and let's be honest, you know we've signed these guys Kabak and Davies in a in a crisis. We we don't really have the luxury of being able to bed them in uh if we did you know tonight would have been the perfect game but they have to, they kind of have to come in and uh and and perform immediately for us because you know the next four as jay says it's it's city it's leicester everton it's leipzig um, and then after that sheffield united away her improving and that's leipzig again so you know it's uh it, it's the, t- the tough games are coming up there's not going to be a, a nice game to ease these guys into you like an FA Cup tie against the lower league side so I say you threw you threw back in at the weekend and you, you get the midfield and forward line as, as good as possible and listen 20 years old I understand it's it's a baptism of fire but it's, it's, it's harsh Joe Gomez was 19 don't forget yeah. younger 18 where he made his debut Trent for us. was 18 yeah at Old yeah. Trafford but as harsh as it kind of seems, you know, we've got this kind of six months loan. There's no obligation to buy him at the end. If, if it comes in, he doesn't have the stomach for it and it knocks it's his confidence. It's down to him. It's down, down to him. him. Yeah. Why have we signed him if we're not going to throw them in? So, like, the fact that we're kind of still compromising the midfield when we've got these two guys in, it's almost a bit like, what's the point then? Uh, so I would throw Kabak in. Uh, over to, the only reason over Davis is really that he's, albeit he's been losing every game, he's been playing top flight football against top-class opposition like Bayern Munich, Leipzig and, and Dortmund, etc. So it's not going to be a shock to him, whereas Ben Davies... You're going down to Paul Merton hole here. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Got to have a negative attitude. He's lost every game this season. I know, I know. Uh, but no, I, I'm just caveating that with a point I'm making about uh, about why I'd throw him in over Davies. I mean, I think it's a flip of a coin, but, you know, if that is... Uh, if that is the case, then you know that Kabak does kind of have that on Davies. The fact that he that he is playing week in week out, and you know, I, I completely disagree with Paul Merson on that. I mean, you look at the Norwich side who barely picked up any points last year, and Godfrey's gone to Everton and done really well. Jamal Lewis has gone got to move to Newcastle, and Manchester United still want Max Aaron's. So like it's like it's it's a very sort of basic point to make, and it's uh you know it's not out of character for Paul Merson, but we're not going to waste any time talking about him. Uh, so that that that's that's what I would do. I'd throw Kabak in. Um, what's the point in compromising things still when you've bought these guys? And uh, and let's see what he's made of. You know, um, he could. It's it's an opportunity for him as well as as a, as a massive risk. He he comes in and we look brilliant and we win the game and all of a sudden he's you know he's looking at starting regularly for us and starting in Leipzig and you know he's he's come here from Schalke who I think there were there were one game away from the the longest winless streak in Bundesliga history and he comes in from that and then you're saying to him you know if you come in and perform in this game then you could be playing in a European Cup semi-final uh, well, whatever on a form of the Monday I feel right at home <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so so yeah um, for that one yeah Jones, Henderson, Thiago uh, just on Thiago dead quick like it's it's a bit of a mad one because 
I, th- I still think people don't really understand what type of player he is. And a couple of times tonight, he was trying to force the three ball. Um, he was trying to force that threadbare pass. And that's just not his game. I don't want to see Tiago doing that. I want to see Tiago not keeping it simple, but playing those passes that, that, that are, that's going to be the pass before they, they assist or, you know, it's going to open up that bit of space for the Shakiri or the, uh, or the Salah or Mane, whoever it is. Um, so, you know, for me, he, he has to stay in and, the only thing, what concerns me with Thiago, people talk about him slowing it down. The only, my only concern with Thiago is off the ball, where he still seems to be diving into these mad challenges. Um, and my theory, on it, as, I, as I said in the group chat earlier, was that he's, he's used to playing at Bayern and Barca, where you can take that risk. And, you know, those teams are so dominant. They have so much possession that if you dive in and you miss it, well, it's okay, because they're going to win it back two or three seconds later anyway. Whereas with this Liverpool side, and it's erratic state. Um, he kind of looks a bit more exposed uh, in that scenario. So, uh, but I mean, for Man City, he's 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 what we brought him in for these games, you know, against the Pep Guardiola side. He knows Guardiola inside out. He's trained against Guardiola-esque players uh, for years at Bayern Munich and, and at Barcelona as well. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think he could really shine in that one. And uh, as for the front three, you know, Salah and uh, Firmino definitely start. And if there is no Mane, then I'm really not sure what I would do there. Um I'd maybe even play Curtis Jones on the left just because it, it, it we played against United and we looked slightly better. Uh, I don't want to see Shakiri on the left again and uh, I definitely don't want to see Origi uh, in a tactical battle uh, against Pop Guardiola. So, yeah, not overly looking forward to it. Um, it would be a different story if we won tonight. But, uh, listen, let's see. You know, this Liverpool team, they, they've surprised us for years. And it, as Jay says, it, it wouldn't shock me if they went and got a result against City at the weekend. But, um Less excited about it because I think even if we do win, uh, I can't see us catching this Man City side. Sadly, agree again. I can't argue any of that. Jay, what, what, what's your opinion on on? I think I, I, I'm with Andy there and, and throw Kabak in straight away. Uh, we've got to find out. You know that then there's no time like the present. Yeah. You know he's been playing games regularly. He there's no problem with match fitness. We've got to find out, and and it may be a baptism of fire for him. It may take him a few games to get on his feet, but we've got to give them. We've got. I think we've bought him. Um, we've got six months to find out what he what he's about to to see whether we want to keep him long term. Um, and and it does make sense to bring um, Henderson back to the midfield. Yeah, I would have put Davis in tonight, um, purely for that reason of a. What we've got ahead of us in fixtures is not ideal for putting any new player in. Uh, especially one who's coming from the championship, but all, albeit with a, a good reputation, and he's been playing well all season. And from from the Preston point of view, they they've been saying he, he is probably their best player, um, and he probably is good enough for the Premier League. So why not put him in tonight? I think it was pretty obvious we weren't going to face a hell of a lot um, from Brighton and what we did. You know, Nat Phillips dealt with pretty handily um, Henderson was spending more time further up the pitch trying to force the play why not start him there why not bring Davis in let him get his feet under the table um, but you know that's all hindsight now because that game's gone um, but with City in mind yeah I'd probably put Kabak in he's a big strong lad A first of all he gives us an aerial presence which we've not had since Virgil's been missing from the team and it'd be lovely if we could put a corner into the box naturally feel like we're going to get something from it um, and be just you know he's here for six months he's going to play his ass off to 
to try and earn. He's playing for the contract. It's as simple as that, and he's playing for his future at 20 years of age. Um, and City are they're probably going to come with Jesus up top. And they started tonight with uh, Sterling and Mahrez. And then they put in midfield three of Gundogan, Rodri, Silva. Uh, back for Laporte at left-back, Diaz, Stones, Cancelo, Edison in goal. I would say the back four will probably be all the same. Maybe Zinchenko might come in uh, for Laporte. And then the midfield, Fernandinho didn't play tonight. I would imagine he probably comes in because it's his type of game with Rodri and, <coughs> excuse me, and Gundogan. And then I would say it'd be Sterling, Jesus, and then one of Bernardo, Mares or Phil Foden, who didn't play again tonight. He, t- he tends to rotate those three players. Um, so, you know, we can probably predict what they're going to come with. What you can't predict is what we're going to put out there because we don't know who we've got. Um, I think the murmurings are Fabinho could be back. If Fabinho and Kabak are at the back, great. Then that means you can probably put Wayne Aldum, Thiago, and Henderson in the midfield. Up front, Bobby if he's Starr, not Jay, would, would 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 you play Kabak with Phillips? Yeah, you would. Yeah, just curious to see whether you would or not. I, yeah, I, I definitely I, wouldn't personally. I think um, I I'm not a massive Jordan Henderson fan. I see what he brings, but I also see things that you know lacking um, areas. Yeah. And I'm beneficial, but you know, that's by the by. You know, everyone has opinions on players, so be it. But what he can do is he, he can force the play through what he does off the ball. I think he's better off the ball than on the ball, and he, he'll press teams, he'll harass teams. And yes, City are very good, probably the best team in the league on the ball, but you need to harass them. Nobody's laid a glove on them. And there's a famous Mike Tyson saying, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. They've not been punched in the face this season very much. When they did, they got battered by Spurs. That was the only time, and that was very early on. Nobody's going near them, and they're just cruising through games, one, two, maybe three now. Nobody is attacking them. Nobody is putting up any sort of resistance. They come to Anfield, and they, you know the park and the bus, but the the, the basic, they are punchers in the face going, go on, what are you going to do with this? We, we haven't got an answer, and they'll just keep punching it back at us where nobody's done that to City. And if you get Henderson off the ball, pressing, you get Wijnaldum pressing, you get Thiago on the ball with his ability. You know, things could be a whole lot different. If you've got Fabinho at the back, you you're automatically feel safe, whether it's with Kabak, Phillips, Davis, or whoever else we might throw in there, you'd automatically feel a little bit safer with him there. I'm just curious and worried as what we could do with the left-hand side of our front three. And in hindsight, why have we let Minamino go? Because he played against Palace and was brilliant out there. We didn't see him since. There's obviously something underlying, but Divock is not the answer. Shakiri looks flogged, a bit like Milner. Like, they're okay for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, but they just run out of gas. And if it's not working for Shakiri in the first 15, 20 minutes, it probably isn't going to work. He's probably more of an impact. So I'm now worried that what we could do on the left-hand side, and if, if Mane comes back, great, but it, it, there's no merits of it. It's probably too soon for Jota. So I hope we do something, but at the moment, that's the, the area of the team I'm circling, saying 
there's an empty shirt there and I don't know who's going to fill it. And if it's Ox, if it's Origi, if it's Shikiri, it probably is going to remain an empty shirt. I almost uh, think um, that Pep Guardiola might actually come into this weekend and the type of guy that he is, I think he'll, he'd almost prefer a nil-nil to a 3-0 win because everyone kind of knows that, that Man City, everyone knows what Guardiola can do and they know he can... He can come here and hammer this depleted Liverpool side, but I almost think you know he's at the minute he's probably looking at it. He's looking at the way his team have set up this season and all the credit he's getting for kind of not compromising his principles, but certainly playing in a different type of way than we're than the typical Guardiola football we're we're used to seeing. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, he actually just came in and it was just like one of those Manchester United games um, where it just ends ends nil nil and everyone just sort of shakes hands on it in sixty minutes. To be well, honest, nil nil is a good result for Amandi. Nil-nil's an excellent result. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's what I mean. Um, and you know it, this whole narrative about them this season, where they've uh, that they have this kind of steady defence and they're grinding out just, wins. Just functional. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, and it's it's one of those where I could see him, you know, giving it the big and at full time, having come and drawn nil-nil. And uh, listen, if you're if you're playing with a, a Quebec or a Henderson or a Phillips or whoever it is at the back, then we're probably just relieved to get out of there unscathed at this point. Uh, a point, yeah, yeah, and a point. A point. If in the grand scheme of things, it sounds like you look at the league table and you start worrying. But a point this weekend probably actually isn't the worst result for us, to be honest. Um, no one else has taken points off City at the moment, so it's a point gained. Yeah, yeah, uh, th- that's exactly it. He's an egotistical bastard, and every that's time I mean. we played them, he does try and do something different. Apart, well, yeah, there is a, apart from there is a game, uh, the one where Mares guys the penalty, where he sets up completely out of character, and I can sort of see the but game. He does it against us all the time, Andy. He's he's perpetually tinkering when he when it comes to us. Yeah, we're in his head. I mean, you've seen that. Uh, you've we've all seen that Man City documentary where he sat at half half time at Goodison Park and he's saying, "Oh, I think they're going to play Salah through the middle. What are they going to do with Mane? How are we going to stop them?" And like it's to that extent, we are really we do really panic him. Um, and you, know, we're not we're not that model at the moment, sadly. Well, no, and, and the problem uh, the problem I think is with this side at the minute. Um, like I thought the performances against Spurs and West Ham were incredible, but I think this side in its current incarnation, uh, it has to be absolutely perfect. Everything has to be, everyone has to be on it. You know, um, the ball has to be being popped about and every everything has to stick sort of. It has to be perfect for us to, for us to put in a performance like that. And this more often than not, I think it's the famous Pep Guardiola quote where, you know, excellence, it comes in bursts. You, you can't have consistent excellence and you just have to kind of work hard and be ready to take advantage of it when it comes up. And, uh, and I feel like that for this side, as depleted as it is, those last two games were peak excellence for Liverpool. Uh, unfortunately, it's not sustainable. And as I was saying in the pre-pod, it's going to catch up with this squad with the injuries eventually. Uh, we've seen it over the last couple of months. And as much as I, I'd like to think we had turned a corner last week, uh, I don't think we have. And I think we're probably going to see a few more results like this from now until the end of the season. Let's just hope that uh, we can, with the quality that we do have, and we know we have that quality, um, let's just hope that you know we can do enough to, to get us into the Champions League next year. And, and maybe even, you know, if things are looking better in a couple of weeks, we can kind of put a bit more focus on the Champions League because uh, that's all really we've got this season now. It's all we've really got to get excited about, isn't it? Just to pick up on something you said there, Andy, no, you're saying about Pepper, Goodison, when he was like, oh, are you going to play Salah there? Are you going to play Mane here? Yeah. He's probably thinking that now because he doesn't know what we're going to do. 
yeah, so it's weaker. It could, it could always, in one way yeah. play into our advantage because unless you know the, the Twitter leaks it out, which will probably be Sunday morning, hmm. like, for the next three or four days, he's probably thinking, who are they going to line up with? Because yeah, we don't actually know who we've got. We don't know. So we don't and, know. Yeah, and, and, and maybe that could be that could be part of the reason we are keeping things quiet on the Manny stuff. You know. As I said, for what Klopp said a couple of um, or last week, sorry, when the news broke, he said, you know, from what the way he was talking, it didn't seem too serious. Um, I know we've 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 fallen for that trick before, but it could be the case, you know, we we know that we know that Pep's worried about us. We know that, and and just the idea of giving him something else to think about, whether that's you know whether we're going to be weaker or stronger, or who's going to play where, um, it's anyone's guess, and you know that could that could all play into it. We're guessing, but. It could be the case, but as you say, if he's uh, if he's got his wits about him, he, he's got a Twitter account set up, and he uh, he'll be Sunday morning anyway. No, indeed. Well, here, Andy, while you're talking, give me your prediction for Sunday, and we'll bring this to a close. Uh, to be honest, anything. I, there's almost no scoreline out there that wouldn't surprise me. Um, that would surprise me. Sorry. Um, what did your gut tell you? My gut tells me, my gut tells me nil nil. Honestly, as boring as that is, um, I think he comes. Yeah, I think I think it might be just one of those. As I say, both both sides shake hands on it. We're relieved to get out unscathed. He's happy because it more or less wraps up the title. I think he still sees us as the only title rivals. Uh, really, I think he's got that type of respect for us, and uh, it could just play out like that, or it could be you know a moment of magic or a mistake that wins it. Of course, that can always happen in the game of football, which is mainly about moments, but. Uh, nil is my prediction. Yeah, and sadly, I, I can see seven hours without a goal at Anfield. Jay, come on, do you see a goal in it? Yeah, I do. I mean... For us? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think we win 2-1. Um, that's dependent on Fabinho being available and Henderson being back in midfield. If those two things happen... I think we win. Um, if they don't, then maybe a score draw, a one or maybe a two-two. But um, yeah, I think if we've got Fabinho at the back and Henderson in midfield, I think we do. We we push the emphasis towards them a bit more, and we we'll press the mass. And I think I think we'll nick it. Um, it won't be pretty. It'll be horrible to watch. It, in a different way to what tonight was awful to watch. It'll just be a lot more tense, I think, because it's it's City and they always tend to be a bit tense. All the opposition, yeah. Yeah. Right. But Recent rivalries. I, I just think if we if we can get get Fab back, he, he's the big one back. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if we have Allison and, and Manny, um, but I think Fab changes this team no end. Um, so him back and Henderson in midfield, please. Yeah, 2-1. Well, uh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But listen, I think we've downgraded our expectations quite enough on, on this pod. The last pod I was on, oh, we're going to win the league. I still think we're going to chief even. To, to, oh, we're still going to. After tonight, I'm not. I, I, I just can't believe that. I think we, we do need to downgrade our expectations. But listen, thank you very much, guys. It was painful as it was this evening. Very, very appreciative of your company. And thank you again to the listener for taking the time. Sorry we're not in more happy mood, but shit happens, as they say. So on to Man City and Pep, and let's hope, I'm sure David will be doing a pod after that one. Hopefully they're a bit happier. So until then, up the downgraded reds. <laughs>